you have your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Matthew, the first book in your New Testament. Turn with me to chapter uh, 13 this morning. We're going to begin our series that will take us for the next 10 or 12 weeks on the parables of Jesus. What are parables? Well, my reading uh, this week, there's lots of different angles and nuances as you uh, think about parables, but here's one that I liked that I heard. Uh, Parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Parables are like hard candy. There are two ways to eat hard candy. Uh, You can bite down immediately, and if you do that, you risk breaking off one of your teeth. Uh, And if you do that, you miss the goodness of the candy. Uh, You miss the sweetness of the candy. So that's one way uh, to eat a piece of hard candy, or you can uh, savor it, and you can keep it in your mouth and get every bit of flavor out of that candy that you possibly can. Well, that's the way the parables are meant to be read and studied. They are meant uh, for us to meditate on them to wrestle with them, to reflect, and to take time and slow down and to really listen and think about how they apply to our lives. And so my hope is that over the next 10 or 12 weeks, as we look at these parables, that we would really listen. And that these parables and these words of Jesus and these earthly stories with heavenly meaning would go deep inside our hearts and actually change us. This morning we come to the parable of the sower, which many scholars have called the parable on the parables. And it makes sense if you think about it, this is one of the few parables that is mentioned in three of the four Gospels, and in each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it it gets lots of ink. Uh, There's lots of uh, verses contributed Uh, to the parable of the sower. And so Jesus, it's interesting, in Mark chapter 4, he even goes as far as to say to the disciples, if you don't understand this parable, then you will not be able to understand any of the others. And so this morning, for our first parable, we're going to look at the parable of the sower. And so follow along with me as I read Matthew 13, Verses 1 through 23, this is the word of the Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, The birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. And since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell along the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil. And produce grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? 
And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he, who, he, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in this case, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear. In their eyes they have closed, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold. In another 60, and in another 30. This ends the reading of God's word. Let me pray and ask God to help us through his spirit this morning. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be good and right and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look at this passage this morning by looking at three things. First, I want us to look at the purpose of the parables. Secondly, I want us to look at the heart of the parable of the sower or the point of the parable of the sower. And lastly, I want us to look at the way we properly respond to this passage and this parable. So let's look at the purpose, the point, and the proper response uh, to the parable of the sower this morning. Let's look at the first point, uh, the purpose of the parables. If you see in verses, look at verses with me in verses 1 through 9, Jesus, evidently there's quite a crowd. Jesus uh, had to go out into a boat to teach, and everyone is standing on the beach or on the shore listening to Jesus. And he starts talking in this parable about a sower or a farmer. Now let me stop. Remember, parables are what? Earthly stories, the heavenly meaning. He's talking to them and sharing a story about something that would have been well known to them. Perhaps he was pointing 
uh, to a farmer who was sowing seed. We don't know, but this would have been very familiar with them. And he talks about this farmer who has this huge bag of seed, and he's sowing seed generously. And some of it falls along a hard path. It cannot go down into the soil, and birds come and devour it. Take it away. Steal away the seed. Then he talks about the rocky soil. Uh, The roots cannot be well established. They're shallow. Uh, And so it springs up quickly and then dies. Then he talks about the seed that's that's sown among the thorns. And it springs up, but the thorns come and they choke out the seed and the life. And then lastly, he talks about the good seed uh, on the good soil. The seed that's sown on the good soil that yields a crop 30, 60, or 100-fold. And then Jesus looks at them and says, You who have ears, let him hear. Verse 10. The disciples then come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, what are you talking about? Help us. We don't understand, and we want to understand. And they start asking him questions. Why do you teach in parables? Look in verses 14 and 15. That's a quote, you'll see it indented in your Bible, out of Isaiah chapter 6. Remember, Isaiah was a prophet, and he preached the word of God in such a way that it either softened your heart, the people's heart, towards faith, or it hardened the people's heart towards judgment. And Jesus speaks the parables for exactly the same reasons. Jesus speaks the parables so that if you're going to hear You have to really listen to what Jesus is saying and receive and hear what he's saying with ears of faith, with eyes of faith. We see those eyes and ears listed a lot in uh, the passage. And it's no accident as you think about hearing and listening that we see the word uh, hear or hearing actually shows up 14 times in the passage. In Mark's account of this parable, uh, the very first words out of Jesus' mouth in the account in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, listen. And what we learn here is that there are different, the parables, they teach us that there are different kinds of hearing. The parables teach us that the kingdom of God can be missed. It's subtle. Think about the hard candy. You have to think about it. You have to savor it. You have to let it go deep. So much so that there are those, perhaps even some listening this morning online, that think they're in the kingdom but really aren't. And Jesus says in this parable, pay attention. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Sinclair Ferguson says a parable is a story that is meant to be a mirror for your own heart. And so as we begin this study, the, the temptation with all, with all the scripture that we read and hear preached is to think, oh, that's for someone else. Or to immediately think of the person sitting next to you. No. They are meant, these parables in this story is meant to be a mirror for your own heart. This is about you this morning. Every parable that we are going to look at over the next next 10 or 12 weeks is an opportunity for your heart to be softened 
towards Jesus and towards faith in the gospel or an opportunity for your heart to continue to grow hard towards judgment. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, pay attention. Secondly, the heart of the parable of the sower or the point of the parable. Look at verses 18 through 23 with me. The parable actually explains why we have such a hard time listening and hearing what Jesus is trying to teach us. It teaches us why uh, people miss Jesus or why they don't understand Jesus. You see, the parable, particularly this one, explains the person in their 20s who grew up in the church, who knew all the catechisms, who never missed a a Sunday, who has lots of Bible knowledge, and yet they get to college and their heart is outed by reality. And they no longer walk with Jesus. It explains the person in their 40s that grew up around the church and yet they're no longer engaged spiritually. They simply think about the cares of the world start to choke Jesus out of their life. And they uh, no longer are engaged in pursuing Christ but rather they're simply going through the motions. You see, the problem is not with the seed. In this parable, the seed is the word of God. It is the gospel. Problem's not with the seed. The problem's with the soil. And the soil here is the human heart. Notice in the parable, the same seed is spread over every soil, and it's good seed, and it has life in it. But the difference is in the soil and in the condition of the heart that receives the seed. In other words, the problem is inside of us with our hearts. You see, the parable of the sower is meant to be like an echocardiogram. You know what that is? It's where the doctor takes a picture of your heart to see how it is really functioning. That's what the parables are meant to do. They're meant to reveal what's on the inside and to tell you the truth about the spiritual condition of your heart. Not someone else's heart, but of your heart. And so let's look at the different soils this morning. Let's look at here briefly the different heart conditions that we see represented in this parable and see what it reveals about your own heart. Let it be like an echocardiogram that shows you a picture of your heart. And the first condition of the heart that we see Jesus talk about is the hard heart. Look at verse 18. There were fields back then that had these paths alongside the fields or perhaps cutting across the field that were uh, worn down. They were well-traveled, had lots of foot traffic on them, and it packed down Uh, the dirt, so that it became so hard that when the sower would sow the seed, the seed would simply bounce off. It could not penetrate and go deep into the soil, and the birds would come and devour it and use it for food. So think about that image of well-traveled paths. And the main emphasis here seems to be on the busyness and distractions of life and how they actually harden and lead to a further hardening of our heart. 
You see, our heart becomes hardened by the busyness and distractions of life because it, the busyness and distractions of life keep us from actually thinking about spiritual things and engaging our spiritual life. Or when we do start to think about spiritual things, busyness creeps in or we start thinking about the next thing and we move on quickly to other things. This actually reminded me of that great book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, where Uncle Screwtape um, distracts one of his subjects. And in this portion of the book uh, that I'm going to mention, there's this man inside uh, a, a museum, a British museum, and he's reading, and his mind and what he's reading starts to take him to think about eternal and spiritual things. And in that moment, Screwtape simply reminds the man distracts him, and reminds him that he is hungry. Listen to what he says. Once he was in the street, I had him. The battle was won. I showed him a newsboy shouting the midday paper and a bus, number 73, going past. And before he reached the bottom of the steps, I had gotten him into an unalterable conviction that whatever odd ideas might come into the man's head when he was shut up alone in his books, a healthy dose of reality, a healthy dose of real life was enough to show him that those sort of things could not possibly be true. I wonder how many of you this morning, by this afternoon or perhaps by the first thing Monday morning when your alarm goes off, will have the exact same experience. Friends, there is a war going on for your heart. And the evil one wants to swoop down and he wants to steal the seed of the gospel from your heart. And so my question for you this morning is, what are the birds? You see, one of the tactics that he uses is busyness and distraction. What are the birds that are circling in your life, that are distracting you, keeping you from pursuing Jesus? Is it your screen? Social media, perhaps? Email? Maybe even your work? What is the noise that is keeping and preventing the seed of the gospel and the word of God from going deep into your life? The second kind of soil that we come to here, or the heart condition that we see, in this parable, is the shallow heart. It's called the rocky soil. Look at verses 20 and 21. This soil represents the person who has an emotional response to the word or to the gospel, and an external response. They hear the word. They receive it with joy. They're passionate about Jesus. They even start to probably grow and change, but their roots are shallow. And then... Trouble comes, tribulation, suffering, personal suffering, or discomfort of some some sort. And at the first sign of discomfort, they turn their backs on Jesus. You see, this is the person who wants Jesus on their own terms. This is the person uh, that just simply wants to be blessed. They want only the comfortable and the good parts of the Christian life. In other words, their faith is all about them and their happiness. 
Jesus, they're using Jesus. Jesus is simply useful for them. And when Jesus is no longer working for them, then they leave him and drop him. They're done with Christianity and their faith. And so what does this teach us? Well, to me, this is something we need to pay attention to. Because it teaches us that it is quite possible to live a good life, uh, to do lots of activity for Jesus, to show up every time the doors open on Sunday, to read your Bible, to pray, to be in every Bible study, and yet have a heart that really doesn't love Jesus. And yet, not really to do all those things and not really be a Christian. You say it another way. Enthusiasm and passion for Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that you're spiritually mature. In fact, it may mean and be a sign of, of no spiritual life at all. I heard an illustration once that I thought was helpful and it stuck with me on mud versus chocolate. Think about mud versus chocolate and particularly what happens when the scorching sun, think about the parable, hits mud and when it hits chocolate. When it hits mud, it hardens the mud. But when the scorching sun hits chocolate, it melts the chocolate. You see, there will be hardships. There will be suffering that will come into your life. And when it does, it will take a person down one or two paths. It will harden their heart like mud. Or it will soften it like chocolate. Mud is the way to a hard heart. And to bitterness. And to cynicism. And to unforgiveness. And yet, chocolate is the way to in the path to sweetness and to life and to humility and to being teachable. Jesus is saying in this parable that there is no better way to uncover the true condition of a person's heart than personal suffering. And when it comes, it will, will reveal that your heart is either mud or chocolate. Lastly, the third condition, then we'll look at the fourth condition in our last point. But the, last, the third heart condition here is the strangled heart. Look at verse 22. Again, this one I think is very dangerous. When we start thinking about the strangled heart, it's dangerous because it's very subtle and the thorns are often good things. Think about in this passage it mentions money. Uh, money, we know the Bible says, is a good gift from God. But it's dangerous because they're good things and they very subtly and slowly become ultimate things and they very slowly begin to choke out Jesus from our lives. And Jesus goes from being the center of our life to just a part of our life. And I think this soil is best represented, there's probably other pictures of this, but Think about the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. Jesus comes to him and says, I want you to follow me, but sell all that you have. Give away your wealth. And Jesus was choked out by the man's possessions and wealth. 
And it says in the passage that the man went away sad. You see, thorns are anything in your life that causes you to lose focus on Jesus. Things that steal away and draw away your affections from Jesus. And it could be lots of things and take lots of forms. Think about it in the passage, the cares of this world. It could be things like career or youth sports or politics or, as we've said, money or possessions. Or it could even be things like the coronavirus. We get so wrapped up in uh, the coronavirus and all that's happening that it actually moves us away from Jesus. What are the thorns this morning in your life that are, and again, they could be good things, that are choking the word and choking Jesus out of your life? Lastly, this morning, the proper response uh, to this parable. So let's, let's close by looking at this. Look at verse 23. You see here that the fourth soil, it's the picture of the good soil. And what's interesting is it, there's very little said about it. But we could all say that it's where we want to be. It's really what the parable is leading to. And it's called the good soil. And the question then is how do we get there? What does it look like? What does the good soil look like? And of course we could say it looks like someone exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Of course that's true, but I also believe it looks like something else. I'm indebted to Tim Keller uh, for this insight. It really helped me see this passage in a, in a whole um, and in a way that I hadn't seen before. Notice in your Bible, if you look at this passage, there are headings there that break up the passage. You'll see the purpose of the parable or the parable explained and bold. And that actually makes the passage disjointed and I think hurts us and keeps us from seeing uh, this clearly. But remember, this from 1 through 23 is one scene. So let me try to work this out. Jesus begins the scene and he's teaching uh, on the... Uh, in a boat to the people that are standing on the shore. And in verses 1 through 8, he teaches and gives them a parable. He is done after that. And then look at verse 10. It indicates that the disciples then approach Jesus and ask him about the parable. They say, Jesus, help us. We don't quite understand what you're saying. Mark's account of the parable, it's interesting. Listen to what Mark says. When Jesus was alone, so he's done teaching... Those around him and, so there were other people, not just the twelve. And the twelve asked him about the parable. And so here's the scene. Jesus is done teaching and everyone else, and it's lots of people because people are standing and Jesus gets in a boat, they leave. They go to dinner. They go to a friend's house. They continue going wherever it was that they were going when they stopped and listened to Jesus but the disciples turned back, and they stayed, and they asked Jesus questions. And then look at verse 18. Then Jesus explained the parable to them. You see, what's the secret to really hearing and understanding what Jesus is saying and really getting Jesus? Well, it's really no secret at all. 
like the disciples, you only must be willing to humble yourself and ask. You must be humble enough to ask and run to Jesus and be teachable. See, one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables was to bring and to provoke humility in a person's life. The disciples, think about it. They say, they go and they say, Jesus, we don't understand. Jesus, will you help us? Please explain this. And how does Jesus respond to them? Does he turn away and say, ah, I don't have time? Or does Jesus try to make it more confusing, like he's playing some game with them? No. They, in humility, says, Jesus, what do you mean? And Jesus reveals himself. You see, a fruitful heart is the heart that's willing to come to Jesus and say, help me. Please help me, Jesus, because my life doesn't make sense without you. A fertile heart is not a heart or not a person who is perfect and who has it all together. That's not what it means to be good soil. That's not what it means to have a fruitful and fertile heart. Having a fertile heart doesn't mean that you never have any weeding to do in your heart or that there's never thorns that you need to uh, pull out or to deal with or any rocks that must be removed. No, the good soil is a heart that's dependent. The good soil and the fertile and the fruitful heart is the heart that knows they are in constant need of help. That they constantly need Jesus through his spirit to till up the hardness of heart that tends to take root. Needs Jesus to come and remove the weeds and rocks from their lives. You see, the birds are still circling here on the good soil. But the good soil, they run to Jesus. The fertile heart runs to Jesus in repentance and help. And change. To say it another way, the fruitful and good soil and fertile heart is the humble heart. You see, the point of this parable is to humble you. Because think about it um, you only need to get uh, the seed, the seed of the word, to be planted in your heart. And you only need the soil in your heart to change. And guess what? You can do neither of those on your own strength and power. And so what do you do? You humble yourself before God. You humble yourself. You see, the way to a fruitful and fertile heart is to first recognize that you need help. To recognize that your heart is full of pride and weeds and thorns and rocks. To recognize that you need help. That you actually need the divine gardener to come down and to do his work inside of the soil of your heart. You see, our hope this morning, it's not in our own gardening skills, thank goodness. Your hope this morning is in the divine gardener and in his gardening skills. I love the prophet Isaiah He was a prophet who wrote to people that also had hard hearts and needed help. And listen to what he says in Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart. I will put in you a new spirit. 
I will remove from your heart, from you, your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Friends, that's exactly what Jesus, the true gardener, came to do. Jesus, the true seed, the word of God, takes on flesh, comes down into the world, and lives and dies for us on a cross in order to give us a new heart. How do you get this new heart? You have to ask him. You ask him for a new heart, and he'll give it to you. In Luke chapter 11, it says, the Father says, the Father gives the Spirit to anyone who asks him. I'll close this morning with a story about a man, a young man who was interviewing for a job. There was this job in a shipping company. They needed someone who knew Morse code and shipping languages and shipping technologies. And so this young man applied for the job and he goes for the job interview and he walks into this room and there's several people there. They're talking, it's loud, uh, they're filling out applications. So he gets his application from the front and starts filling it out. You can hear over the speaker some static sound. You can't really make it out because people are talking so loudly. The man finishes the application and then he walks, gets up, walks across the room and he walks in a door labeled private. A few minutes later, the secretary comes out and the man comes out uh, with the secretary and he's smiling because... He's got the job, and the secretary says, uh, this man uh, has received, we've given him the job, you can all go home, thank you for coming uh, this morning for the interview. And so people that are in the waiting room waiting to be interviewed are furious. Uh, They're thinking, we've waited, at least give us a chance to interview, what's so special about this guy? The secretary looks at him and says, well, the entire time you've been sitting here, We have been pounding a message through Morse code over the speakers. And it says, if you know Morse code and would like this job, please walk through the door that is labeled private. And this man is the only one who was listening. You see, the point of the parable, the point of this parable, is to ask you, are you listening this morning? Not are you listening to Morse code, but are you listening to Jesus? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for coming down, taking on flesh and giving us a new heart. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for letting the cares and the worries of the world crowd you out of our lives. Spirit, give us humility, bring about repentance and faith, give us ears to hear and eyes to see the gospel. I pray that you would work out in us faith and um, humility as we go through this series on the parables. Make our hearts fruitful and fertile. In Jesus' name, amen.